record holding Bondazi Fire! That's right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Fondazi Fire, and this is a show that asks a simple question, what do you want? Now, normally the answer would be more fire, but since this is a podcast, we're going to be giving you the ins and the outs of how a world record holding fire performance group operates. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Adam the Rambaro Soko, and I'm joined by my wonderful wife, Katie Mighty Mouse Matryska. <laughs> Hi. Hey. And we are joined by Teresa Meese, who's our wonderful producer. But tonight she's also going to be a guest. That's right. Hello. And our official guest tonight is the wonderful Raiderly Sterling, who is currently Fondazi drummer. Oh. Uh, you totally just overstepped the fact that Teresa is also a guest. No, you said she was a guest. Yes, but then you said that our main guest, our actual, uh, actual guest, is what you said. Oh, did I? You did, but that's you okay. Did. I'll fix it. <laughs> Actual guest. She does have the power. She does. She can me edit too. me away. Or you could keep this in just so that everyone can <laughs> see. How wonderful or, I am at announcing. Well, we'll get to the fact that Teresa has done far more of this sewing costuming thing than I have and should really get top billing. <laughs> that's true. That's okay. Both of them are actual guests. How about that? Okay. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Moving on. <laughs> Tonight we're talking about where all the actual costumes come from. We'll just stay away from the hey. word actual, unless I say it a few more times. <laughs> no, no. Actually. I think you should actualize your resistance to the word actual. Actually, we I was actually... thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> are you actually Sorry. serious? Or are you literally actually <laughs> oh my children love to say literally They're like literally that you literally, literally said this i'm like well what i meant to say was actually <laughs> oh yes yes they do yes, shane they likes do. to say literally for everything hey adam yes. where does a man get water from <laughs> <laughs> oh well actually I did not get that at first. I was like, where are you going with this, Teresa? Well. I knew it. I got you. <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, oh. I saw your face. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy okay. that we're having our first tangent. <laughs> oh, that's good. Let's get back to costume. Let's get back to costuming. So, Fondazi, as we discussed in podcast past, it was not always a big stage show as it is now, and we didn't always have matching costumes. Correct. That's right. Mm -hmm. So Fondazi began as a living stage act, and in thus the costuming that we have now, or at least where it began. Teresa, since you were there, and so was Ray Lee, and anybody but me can feel this, <laughs> what, <laughs> did the, what did the costumes look like in the beginning of Fondazi? Okay, I will feel that since Cristo is not here with us, his main directive at as the founder, leader, figurehead at the time was he just wanted us to look like Eastern European Roma instead of the belly dance aesthetic. So that was where he wanted us to distinguish our look the most. Mm -hmm. Though... When it started and we were the living stage, yes, there wasn't so much of like the the coin belts and the but those were still there. We still had jingly belts. We still had 
sub mid drifts, you know, open um, as far as dance, because that's also the style of dance a lot of us were doing at the time. So when we were when we were dancing, that was a thing. But it was also we kind of talked a little like it was also a hodgepodge of what we could afford and what we could find. So or some what of we us, had been doing. Mm hmm. Uh-huh. So I remember like I remember Zyra had, you know, this awesome green leather, you know, kind of bodice thing that she had put together out of scraps that we found from an amazing trip to SR Harris. I remember this trip to SR Harris, all of us together, <laughs> finding scraps of things here and there. Um, so that was a lot of what I think the first look was, was yes. things here and there. Well, and I we- think. Even the even the newer Fondazi look, each one of those starts with a trip to S.R. Harris as well. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Anytime we're going to make a change. But we also recycled and reused costume pieces of previous characters that we were before we were into Fondazi. Because I remember there's a couple mm-hmm. skirts and things that I used or had mm-hmm. that was able to work into it. Because at that point, the women, we had the big circle skirts. Yeah. Um, yes, that was scarves. key to our dance Yeah, thing. Big um, Our costumes... <laughs> were a lot more affordable because they didn't have to be cotton at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So you could buy the cheap polyester stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember the first year that I made myself a costume to be with Fondazi. I learned a lot from everybody else in the group who had already been constructing these styles of costumes before about how to do that. So it was we had a, a kind of costume party meeting up at our place out in the country and had a camp over and Mm-hmm. talked about that sort of stuff. So. We did that a lot at the beginning. Yeah. Yes, we when we were making the, the bardos and we were doing the sewing and mm-hmm. we were all young we were and free. All very young. Right. Could just take away for the weekend and go sew together and paint together. Oh. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only thing that's really kind of from the beginning almost to now is the more circle skirt, like the yeah. bigger mm-hmm. skirts that flare out more. And we, but- we got away from that for a while, but I brought it back because I realized when I had used a skirt because my other skirt was burned and mm-hmm. I didn't make a new skirt within the week. We're not going to talk about that very much right now, but it was an old skirt. We will talk about it, though. <laughs> but that yes. was definitely something. It was a big yeah. circle skirt. And I remember when I did the hoop, everyone loved it. So then I started to bring the really big circle skirts back. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. but yeah, our- there was a number of years that I just wore uh, harem pants mm-hmm. because... Right. I didn't like trying to do all the the tricks and stuff, spinning poi with a skirt because I couldn't do leg wraps and body wrap sort of things with a skirt. Mm-hmm. And so, and I used to do almost the circus tent skirt. So I would, I remember going to the store and like looking for three, you know, different colors of fabric that were at least a similar weight and price range. <laughs> so I could, yes. so I could find, you know, so I make these giant, two circle you know two full circle skirts that were incredibly heavy like i i found one the other day in a pile of stuff and i picked it up and like oh my goodness like why did i wear this it is so heavy and but they look really cool when you flare out of course they and do. you do like a big giant circus tent um well then that's the thing is when we first started that we like Teresa hit upon we didn't do fire and so we did a lot more dancing and a lot more um things that did not include fire so we could have these really big skirts well with the men's costumes at that point in time um we there there hasn't been there's been a change in the styling a bit but the actual 
look in construction has not shifted a ton. Right, it's always been a vest, correct? Some sort yeah. of vest was always being worn by men. A shirt with a collar and a vest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We did get rid of the collars, which made sewing so much better. Yes. I hate sewing collared shirts. Yeah, they really I suck. remember um, Christo's first orange shirt that he had. Yes. My mom made him um, mm-hmm. out of some old bed sheets that he brought her, and which yes. I still love, and she still cackles about. <laughs> that was a great shirt. Yeah. It looked great on him. It does. It did. He was very visible. Yes. He could go out in the woods during hunting season. Yes. I, know, I mean, that, that color thing was a huge, at the beginning of Fandazi, like, we were bright and colorful and like i remember yellow being a huge part like chris's next shirt or his older shirt than that was a bright yellow and when Uh the yellow shirt died he then he got the orange shirt and yeah then we found out that um traditionally yellow is actually a color of uncleanliness and mourning for um roma people so maybe if we were trying to be accurate in our portrayals yellow was not the right way to go at least (laughs) (laughs) um and we were but so like the bright kind of rainbows of colors, because I remember like I was blue and Katie had a lot of reds and she still has a lot of reds. Like, <laughs> but and we had greens and yellows and lots of these rainbows of colors. And Teresa, yeah. you even. Yeah, you had like oranges and some blues. And I remember yeah. your um, I remember your captain pants. Oh, I love those captain pants, <laughs> which what is still a few more years. I had Captain Mal pants. She mm-hmm. did. Like, remember from, from Firefly? Firefly? The oh, brown, God. like... Oh, yeah. With the gotcha. stripe and... Yeah. Oh, and I they, remember those. Yes. They were made very well, nicely <laughs> to fit her curves super well. <laughs> yes, they did. Yeah. No. Those were nice. All right. So I want... I was thinking we could go through everyone's costumes because we just... Oh. We didn't really talk about what okay. they were other than they were just different than now. So, I was listening. Yeah, I was okay. just realizing. Yeah. So, Rayleigh, you mentioned... Uh, before we began recording, that you recently saw pictures of costumes of old. Do you remember what your costume looked like, at least back um, in the beginning, closer so to the beginning? It, it shifted a lot. So I used to wear a full um, chemise. So um, so it was a regular chemise, but I wore a half bodice. So it was bright, bright blue with yellow, gold yellow trim along the side. So it was... A, a little like the bodices we used to wear or we had, but I didn't, um, but I wore, so it was, and the color of the shirt, I think I had a teal one for a while and I had a yellow one for a while and, you know, bunches of different colors. Um, and that was, so I was kind of fluffy looking, frankly, with the, uh, not fluff, like the, the shirt fabric was everywhere. <laughs> and then I had the big circle skirt with the different colors, usually a yellow, a green, and a blue all um, switching off. Uh, and then, and, you know, ghillie sandals. And that was my first costumes um, with Fondazi that were, yeah, that one. And then eventually I went to... So I think after, because my first year with Fondazi, so the fir- very first year, I I think I was 18. I'm pretty sure I was 18. Um, so I still wasn't really doing the midriff thing. And then, yeah, I, then I went to the burnt orange and I figured out how to sew so that it was like a triangle opening. So that I was still wearing a full chemise, but my, had the triangle of my belly button exposed. So to the world. So I can't remember if that was the year before Fondazi that I figured that out or the year of Fondazi because... I was doing Middle Eastern traveler things previous to Bandazi. So I still had a lot of those costume pieces, kind of like what Katie was saying, is just taking what we had from before. 
and meshing it together. And then, yeah, eventually I went to the whole midriff, but yeah, the first one was mostly circle skirt. <laughs> Would you like to know about my first costume? Yes, please tell me about your first costume. All right. Um, the top for it was from the, I believe, probably simplicity pattern that everybody has seen that is for the short crop top and the harem pants. And so I use that as the base for the top, and then I applique some pretty fabric over it. So it's an orange base for the, the top vest piece, and then there's applique, and then I had some beading hanging off around the bottom. And then since I was a teenager in the 90s, I had a poet shirt under it, because that's what you had back then. I still had those kicking around in my wardrobe, so I had a, a white long sleeve bell sleeve poet shirt underneath that, and had my midriff exposed at that point with a circle skirt. The top waistband of the circle skirt was the same um, fabric as the appliques on the top. So the waistband was this really pretty um, brocade sort of stuff. And then I stitched a line of uh, coins. Actually, I doubled it up because if you buy everybody who's bought coin <laughs> trim knows that it's not very dense. So I doubled up a line of coin trim just below that where it attached to the broader skirt. And then I did the uh, inspired by cheerleader kick panel sort of look where there were these flashes of color. So the main body of the skirt was this really drab brown tan. And that was because it was the cheapest thing I could find. And the panels were the same orange as my vest. And then the front center panel was this um, very, very melty, flammable, but beautiful red piece that had uh, stitching on it. I'm losing words for what that is called. But prettiness. It was pretty. The You know, where you put thread over something and make it look prettier. Embroidery. Wow. <laughs> That's the word. Okay. Embroidery. That is exactly the word that I wanted. Good. Yay. Yeah. Help. So, and then because I accidentally made it too short, most of my creative costuming is because I messed something up and I had to fix it. It was too short. So then I had to put a ruffle on the bottom. And that is how I got that first costume. And I had the ghillie shoes, which look cool. And I support everyone out there that sells them, but they do not make an ideal shoe for long-term wear walking through dirt and wood chips. Especially, well, unless you have the closed-toed one, and even then it's still not great. But Yeah, things get kicked yeah. in there and you're just like dropping wood chips mm -hmm. all over the place. Yeah. But can be surprisingly comfortable. Yes. I don't remember what sandals I had. They weren't ghillies, but they were a pair of sandals that get sold out there that were leather and something. They were laced up. I am the no help with that. I know, right? So I had... What similar to what Raider Lee had, which was the short bodice, but I had a full midriff showing because at that point I was doing a lot more dancing and I was older. Mm -hmm. And then um, all my chemises were different colors because usually I go with the reds or some shade of red or maroon. Mm -hmm. well, I don't think I had any other. It's a really pretty maroon. I don't think I had any other colors other than red and maroon. I might have had black, but I don't think I did. I don't remember oh, you having When black. I was younger, I had no. blue, but I that was long retired. Anna stole that. 
You had also a purple and gold thing that you gave me at one point. Huh. But I think okay. that was pre-Fondazi. There's a, a lot of the, a lot of our costume pieces right at the beginning. Um, I know Salsa was all um, uh, Katie and Mike's old stuff and <laughs> as well. So, and I think there's a bunch of pieces that I had acquired and I, I swear they were from you. I think but, I gave you a bunch when I got pregnant. That would make sense. With, with Haley. Cause I was yeah. pregnant with Haley Haley was a newborn or she, yeah, she had been born January before our first Fondazi mm-hmm. year up there. Yeah. She was our stage baby. Our, our first tip baby she was, look, we have to feed this child. She was a lot of things. She was also in the closing gate bit. She was the Papa, the, the Italian Papa, when she was mm. that year. <laughs> right. Well, the, a funny thing that I just remembered looking at these pictures and thinking about it is this was my third year and I hadn't yet figured out that you could have more than one costume for a season because my other characters were so specific to their costumes mm. that I didn't make secondary costumes and I don't know if I could have afforded to for those two characters but this year also I only had the one costume and I don't think it was until our second year of Fondazi that I realized I could change my clothes Yeah. So, and, and be more comfortable and cleaner. <laughs> I remember uh, Caitlin, for those who know Caitlin, which mm-hmm. you both do, um, Caitlin, my second year at a festival, BJ got us talking in the off season because she knew I wanted to, to dance and be a little bit more Middle Eastern, but I had no idea where I was going with that costume. I mean, I was 15 years old. And so she really helped me develop my costume. And anybody who knows her, she, she loves costumes. And she loves pieces and she loves mixing and matching. And so a lot of my stuff I learned from Caitlin when I was 15 of make sure you always have two things. Make sure you are of this. Make sure you have that. In case it rains, you're going to need this and you're going to need that. And if you have this and it goes with that, then you don't need this, but you should have that. So that's really where my whole costuming came from. That was my second year at a festival. So I had no idea other than what Caitlin, how she was directing me to be. So I always, always have a plethora of costumes. Mm-hmm. As, as does Adam and Brett, because I make their costumes. Yeah, and that, that's, I mean, but nowadays they all kind of, they're very similar looking costumes, so they can all go, every single piece is interchangeable with one another. Yes, but even before we did that, I still did that with you guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't until watching, um, Johnny Phoenix that we realized we could change shirts in the middle of the day. I was like, wait a minute. You can yeah. change during the day? That's amazing. Right? Which was great for you guys, but yes. it meant double the work for me. Well, we just had to do laundry every night. Yeah, we did do that, yeah. And you had mm-hmm. to make more pieces. But thankfully, as yeah. Teresa said, taking the collar off really sped sped things up when it came to making oh. men's shirts. Oh, Teresa, yeah. would you mind uh, sharing how the men's shirts are made? The genius of them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so um, when we started making costumes that matched, one of the things we needed was a men's shirt that matched. And if you've never sewn a man's shirt, there's a lot of work that goes into it, especially if there is a collar because there's four pieces to every collar plus making sure it's all going to fit the same way so you're not getting bunching in one side or the other. There's so much going into a man's shirt. So what we ended up doing was, and I don't know how this happened. It just like was... You did it. Divine inspiration. (laughs) I'm saying that. I don't... I remember doing it. I just don't remember how... I think it was laziness was my divine inspiration. And uh, got a shirt from Goodwill. 
and ended up just taking all the buttons off the shirt, uh, rip, seam ripping the collar, and then uh, doing a, a closing that seam because the collar is actually inside the little stand-up piece. So then it looks like a stand-up collar instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just sew that shut. And then to cover up the buttonholes, you just sew a piece of trim up one side of the shirt around the back of the neck and then down the other side. And then at whatever point you want, depends on how much chest hair you want showing, <laughs> stitch the the two pieces together where it would normally button closed. Mm-hmm. And then you have a finished shirt. Um, rip, seam rip the pockets off if there were pockets. So it turned into more of a buying pre-made shirts and reconstructing them. And it sped things up a lot. It's a lot more affordable. Oh, yeah. And we burned through things so fast that it... Quite literally. That was the big thing. Right. So up until a certain point, we all just had mismatched costumes trying to look less yeah. Middle Eastern and more... Yeah, Roma. Uh, Roma more, yeah. Wait. But it was still... like Because yeah. I remember like Annie had pants and like a little apron-y thing, but not a yeah. whole skirt. We had... A mix match of things, even when we were first on Sherwood stage, you know? Yeah. And And a part of that was also adapting to the first pregnancies Mm -hmm. of being in costume and trying to figure out nursing. Because that was a whole other thing is how to construct a costume that you could nurse in easily between shows. So that was a whole different level of stuff going and on with that. That was the year that we that we started doing uniform costuming because I was no when I was pregnant with Morgan because she was oh, in between right. the beginning and the switch yeah. when you guys came along. Yeah. So, but we were still doing our independent stuff, but it it was going really off the rails into like any direction anybody wanted. It was not at all cohesive. By the time of the floating stage in two thousand nine, which was our last year of not matching yeah we were really just every which way yep. with costuming yeah, yeah i only had to wear someone else's costume for one year because after the, my first year we went to the unified costumes yep not yeah. totally in part but a lot to do with the whip i feel for my costume in particular because as soon as i started wrapping a whip around my body we found out what was flammable and what wasn't that is true <laughs> we did yes. for your costume when we we realized we had to go for that if we were going to keep you in the whip yeah mm-hmm. yeah but chris had been lighting himself i can only imagine because chris was wearing that orange shirt i believe that Rayleigh was talking about earlier and mm-hmm. i seem to see a lot of pictures of chris in the past with like fur on too yeah that was not intentional i want to clarify it. i want to set the record straight he had multiple vests and i made him that rombaro vest because we had inherited a bunch of mink parts from his grandmother and rather than throw the little mink parts into the garbage i decided to upcycle them and put them on a vest that he was supposed to wear when he walked around looking like a rombaro all important with his fancy fur but he wore it on stage and then we complained that he lit on fire i love you my best friend but i did not intend for you to wear that on stage (laughs) that's fair so fair enough so yeah, I think at the and we had been talking for years about unifying yeah. and trying to figure out a uniform look. So this wasn't mm-hmm. just like a quick, oh, we're gonna change our look. This has no. been years of discussion of what we were gonna look like and how we were gonna have our costumes made. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and just also like as our bodies changed and as like we changed as you know 
being mothers and needs for like nursing or and the fire aspects yes and just but also like we decided that you know we didn't really want to be have their midriffs or shirt you know shirtless you know under vests anymore and i'm just going with like i remember salsa you know with you know he had a leather vest that he would wear when he was doing fire um that he you know cobbled together you know a decade before he actually wore it on stage and you know that was all fine but it didn't look good enough anymore for like where we were going like it it looked fine but it wasn't like not not good enough maybe that's not the right word but like it wasn't the the right look to it yeah yeah our look wasn't keeping up with our talent yes (laughs) well the show the show itself drove so many of the 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 changes to the costuming, making them fire resistant, you know, belt, mm-hmm. belts and, you know, like you said, getting rid of the midriff. But for the guys, I mean, that meant we had to have some sort of sash and it was right. hard to have a sash that would stay in place while you danced. Mm-hmm. Right. And, that, well, yeah. on fire. And, and Salsa was the one who I believe brought to Chris, isn't it? That a picture yeah. or something that he found in an article, a newspaper, something somewhere about this leather Roma belt. And he was like, I want to mm-hmm. make these for all the men. Yeah, because the Roman belts are. I just said I want to make yeah. this and wear it, and Chris said, "Yeah, you got to do it for everybody." I, I don't know I, if that's what happened or not. In my head, that's what happened. If I remember right, it was he did bring it, and I think he said we should wear this, not like I want to make this for everyone, but he's like we should wear this or something mm-hmm. like it. And I think Chris was like, "Well, who's gonna make it?" And Salsa's like, "I can. <laughs> I'll try." <laughs> So first it came, and we made shirts that year yes. too. So that that was yeah. the year I was pregnant with Shane and was on bed rest for a lot of the time. So I did a lot mm-hmm. of sewing. That's right. Yep, and we were both pregnant, so we needed work to do. Um, since yep. I definitely wasn't going to be able to perform at all during the season, and Katie was out for half the season. So we took on the the giant task yeah. of recostuming everybody. Yeah. And at that mm-hmm. point, it was. All new skirts, vests. Well, did we do skirts? I don't think we did skirts at that no, point. So. I mean, I think we just always kind of just added extra skirts, but it wasn't like a mandatory thing. Well, but we aprons. did all new vests and new shirts. We did aprons. And the aprons. Well, but the aprons didn't come at first. The, well, okay, they did sort of. But Katie it was... always makes new aprons. Like five a season at least. Yes, but mine, not <laughs> anymore because now they match your pants. So if I have sure. to make a new apron, I have to make you new pants, which means I have to make Brett pants, which is basically give Katie a new apron. You ever read that book? If you give a mouse <laughs> yeah, a, a cookie. cookie, yes. Yeah, that's basically how costuming works around here. Yeah, mm-hmm. if I one see one person changes one thing. Or I see fabric that I really like because I will do. I will message Adam and uh, Brett in the middle of the day at yep. Goodwill and be like, "Look what I just found! <laughs> <laughs> do you guys like this? I like this. I'm going to buy it. What do you think?" <laughs> and then, then by the time one of them comments, I'm like, "I bought it." <laughs> I mean, there was a while there I was buying any cotton like guy's dress shirt I could find of any color since we weren't mm-hmm. matching colors quite yet even either so no so when we first started yes we, we went into the matching pants and that matching <laughs> pants the style of the two-toned uh similar to Teresa's skirt came from me not having 
uh, enough fabric to make my hair yeah. pants, and I made them two toned, and I had this horribly shiny red that I loved and I black, and it was not flammable at all. Um, there's holes in them because I still wore them when I did fire, because yeah. Yay for safety. Anyway, but yes. I made Salsa really liked those, and so he was like, I need a men's mm-hmm. pair. So I made him a couple pair. And then mm-hmm. that's Chris and Teresa, I believe you guys liked them. And so that's when we decided to go with having that two-toned, that extra panel of different colors with the, the trim and stuff. Yeah, it was and just a happy mistake. It was a very happy mistake. And then we did yeah. the different color vests. And Chris and Teresa, you guys found it. A, no. A, mm, Joanne's? The best, yes, Joanne's is where that fabric came from. Mm -hmm. And it had the black, the tone that was really Mm -hmm. tan into black. Then it had the uh, orange, blue, no, just orange. Just orange Orange and tan. The blue one we never found, right, Teresa? No, I wanted the blue, but it was only available through, like, pillow resellers. Yeah, we found the the green one was the musician. So then everyone got placed into families at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, to explain who everybody was and why they match. This was also my first experience of, oh my gosh, I had no idea how expensive fabric was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Um, I'm looking at a picture from 2010 with Brett wearing his belt. Mm Mm-hmm. Really? He had one already in 2010? The boys boys got the belts the years before the women did. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I can't believe we got that all done in one season. He he, He was working on it constantly. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, yeah. backstage yeah. he was working he, on it. And at that point too, I think he was even talking about like being at home and whatnot, just sitting there oh, yeah. constantly. No, he didn't do anything and, else. Yeah. Yeah. No, he had that little um really cool contraption he made to hold the belt, you know, so he would sit on it and it had it would hold the belt steady for him and he would just sit there sewing, sewing. So I was shocked how quickly he could he got one a few of those out and I mean, you can also kind of tell, like, they've lasted a really long time. Oh, yeah, they have. Really oh, solid condition. So, right? Considering how fast he, like, whipped those out and had no idea what the hell he was doing for half of it. <laughs> so he just, you know, and he knows more things now. But that's also why he, we've adapted them over the time of, you know, he put the, his belt things, um, mm-hmm. his are stitched on and, like, yours are snapped on mine are completely um, snapped on yeah yeah so that you because you wanted to be able to take yours completely on and off and he just wanted and he has his actually sewn on in the back so he could unsnap and unsnap and take everything off but still have the straps there right, right. but his can also well, support more weight and he has much bigger pouches to carry around than i do yeah, yeah. Well, i love the little tobacco pouch pocket mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's and that's very traditional. Is that was it's a traditional tobacco pocket where you also kept like a few important secret things. But so the men, perfect. <laughs> so the men got new pants that year. They got new shirts. They got new vests, and they got new uh, belts. At that point in time, we were not having the bracers. No, but no. I did, so I did make a pair of bracers while Salsa was there. I remember in the sewing party, Salsa's there working on the belts and doing this stuff that's like you know, Jedi mm-hmm. level. And I'm there like just destroying this pair of leather, trying to make a pair of bracers. Yeah. You wore them like a day. I wore them for a whole yeah. season. I remember cause you had to like lace me into them oh, that's like, right. every day. I think I just blocked that part of my, <laughs> yep. yeah. Wore them for an entire season until I found Stronghold. So, um, 
Men completely revamped their look. Women, we had to recycle our skirts. We did make mm-hmm. little apron things, which, regularly, would you mind explaining when we keep talking about these aprons? Because you're the one who found all the information, weren't you? Yeah. So they are Eastern European, Russian, um, traditional Romani. Not quite the same era as everything else we had been looking at. But they are these just they're traditionally just it, it's an apron, but it just it's more formid, a form fitting than what we think of as like in your um, Western European aprons. Um, so they're they're more triangular. They um, sit over the skirt. Um, they're not um, they're not just there in this case. Think of like I don't know if you've ever seen any like polish dancers <laughs> um it's where a lot of that like that same kind of style they're very floral they're very um so that's kind of where because we needed something over the skirts um and not coin belts because we didn't want coin belts anymore so we needed something to go over the our big skirts um because we liked the layer look right like we liked that layer look um and so that's kind of where they traditionally came from of the traditional and i found you know some pictures online and was like oh this might work really well. And then I know I adapted it so that mine was more of like little petal pieces almost coming out. Yep. Um, so it yep. was a belt almost. And then I had pieces draping off so that they would fly off kind of on their own. And then I beaded them so that they had weight to shape and move, which also meant they caught on everything and they're all glass beads. So they broke half the time, but you know, <laughs> whatever. So it still gave that kind of, light and movement that the coin belts had but and that was on my end that's how i kind of decided to do it because i was always a little to the side because i made my own costumes but like in the style that we were doing them but like i'm like i'm not gonna have a black skirt i'm gonna have a blue skirt (laughs) or an orange skirt so and that was i think we and that was fine because it still matched within like chris and i still looked you know, and Teresa still had like a blue skirt and I had a blue skirt. So like we still looked familial and you looked familial. And right. so you know we weren't just all match matching. It was really nice in, in the way that it just naturally went into the three of you guys and being regularly you and Chris being related because you guys mm-hmm. liked all the same colors and you looked good in all the same colors. Yeah. Adam and I are a darker that complex. Helped. Brett mm-hmm. is a darker complex, and we all really like dark colors, so that really helped as well. Mm-hmm. And fostered. You look good in them. Thank you. And, and in a mm-hmm. way, I think it kind of fostered Adam and Brett's brotherhood. Brotherhood, because you guys, we didn't know where to stick Brett. That was his third year, and Adam, your first year, second year, and it was just like this you know, obviously you were married to me, but then mm. we had this new guy, and it was like. Who's he going to be related to? And then it just fit really well that you two were, we decided you guys are going to be brothers. Yeah, it looked similar enough that it actually worked. Well, right now people yeah. still confuse you two. I've had people ask yeah. me how my husband Brett is, and I'm like, huh. Oh. Uh, people asked me before I broke <laughs> nope. the world record, how did it feel to break a world record? It's like, it wasn't me. I mean, <laughs> I don't know yet. They <laughs> will. Yep. And um, then the musicians had, uh, they, Alan, no, it was, we had Josh, I believe, Josh, when we started yeah. it. Because he yep, was super Corin tall. Corin was still I, with us at that time. Yep. Uh, Jake. Yeah, yep. so we had Josh, Jake, and Corin. Now, Corin, I love you, Corin, so much. We love you. And I miss you. Yeah. Yes. So I made her apron. 
Right, guys? I made yeah. her apron, yeah. and I made it, and I was it was a night that I was rushing, and Haley was not sleeping well, and she was up, and I was, yeah, all pregnant and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, the stuff that I had for her, I was going to hand sew it on, but I instead super glued it, and I specifically told mm-hmm. her, do not wash this. Yeah. And But by and the then... end of the day, you know you're tired, and you're not thinking, and you just take off your costume when you get home and wash it. She washed it, and it came completely apart. Yeah. Well... That should also yeah. maybe mention into like a good segue into um, the long running gag of Katie <laughs> and safety pins. Um, um, I use safety pins for everything. Yeah, still, but not as nearly as much. Um, no, for, I, I, for... I had some skirts that were completely put together by safety pins yeah. and being held up. They're all over skirts, not my yes. underskirts. Yeah, but yes. No, which is... my lovely wife has plenty of really great ideas. Enough time to complete them, maybe not all the time. <laughs> she yeah. is an amazing, and she's so Katie's also really good at putting things together without mm-hmm. a pattern all the time yeah. and yes. just creating. I, I can like, do patterns, and I almost never use patterns. I don't use patterns for any of my festival stuff at this point, but it's also because it's simplified, or I just like it's made for me most of the time. I'm not making it for other people who I'm not related to, so I can get away with fudging when I need to. Um, whereas Teresa is an amazing seamstress and tailor and like has made money and a living off of, you know, her skill set. So she follows all those patterns and makes things that are beautiful. So like my current, you know, bodice that Teresa made, I did not make it because I was like, I have no time or energy or that right now. And Teresa made it and it's amazing and it's solid. And like all of my old vests that I didn't make um, are still in really good shape. Probably be, I don't know. Yeah. Mine didn't fall apart nearly as much as everyone else's. I don't know why. Well, I, <laughs> the, Short history, which I will try to do concisely, of my sewing experience. I actually remembered I was a 4-H sewer at the beginning, and I I didn't put as much effort into it as my sister, who actually went to the state fair with some of the things she sewed. But I grew up in a household where we sewed from a very young age. And then when I went to college, I brought my sewing machine with me so I'd like alter clothes and make cute little skirts and stuff out of stuff I found and then when I transferred to the University of Minnesota Morris I got a work-study job in the costume department for both years that I was there and there I had the amazing opportunity to sew for cabaret and cherry orchard and like some of these really heavy costuming there was uh, Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe And so I got to do some really incredible costumes and some really complex sewing. And so it was the most incredible experience. I wish, like, I after college, I looked into an internship at the Guthrie, and then I remembered the internships are for rich people. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I couldn't afford to live and do that at the same time. But I still continued sewing, and I... I appreciate, thank you guys, I appreciate the fact that you appreciate the effort. I wish I had the brain that could just look at something and create a pattern from scratch. But I, I use, I do fall back on using like the slopers, basically the basic, this is a bodice because I don't want to have to look at somebody and try to figure out armhole size from scratch. Cause that's where I start freaking out. I'm like, I can't do that, but I do get super anal retentive about my finished work and I don't care about other people's finished work. So don't worry. There's no judging happening <laughs> from anywhere else, but if I'm finishing something and it doesn't feel finished, then I'm like super critical of myself. So I try to make things sturdy for extreme wear. That's good. Which we do extreme wear in our show because, oh my gosh. Maybe I should have you make Brett's pants from now on. I tried, remember? <laughs> and it still nothing. didn't work. It's cursed. I, oh, they're cursed. Pants together. 
<laughs> I used all of man. my sewing knowledge. Like, I don't know what he does. <laughs> I think everyone, what, in case you don't know. Does he which, hyperextend his he legs or he something? He doesn't keep his pants up. For whatever reason, no matter what, they don't stay around his waist. So they always end up going down. And then he ends up, you know, kicking and splitting splitting the I've, I've added the way super tiny. I know. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how I mean, small you make the It actually, like, will, like, dig. Like, at one point, he had a pair that was digging into him because he's like, you made this so tight. I'm like, they're not going to slip. And they still slip. <laughs> and they slip. And he yeah. still split the pants. Okay, he has so, no butt. <sighs> every single <laughs> pair of pants that I have ever made for Brett has split up the crotch at one point in time. Mm-hmm. There you, was even, we were out of town our first year at a man. On the first day, he split his pants open. So he went to his reserve pants. He split those open. And then he went to Adam's reserve pants and split those open. <laughs> that is amazing. So that night, I was in our tent because we were in a tent and it was raining. Yeah. Sewing these pants, oh, no. grumbling. <laughs> yeah. There should be a Guinness World Record for pants. There should be. Yeah. I feel like we should get it. Or what's Can the quickest get... repair of a Fondazzi yeah. crotch pants? Re- oh. Teresa's got that one. Teresa, because like yeah, is... such service. <laughs> so like it's usually like backstage, really quick, and like he hasn't even taken them off his body. Like he's just, right. and we've done that with you too, Adam. So like yeah. you're not yeah, innocent. Yes, yeah. okay. so I, I think everyone needs to understand. They also have boots that are like. Yeah, the you lace up, so you don't want to take off your pants because right. you have to unlace your boots, and it takes a well, long time. It takes ten minutes yes. to take your boots on and off, and you're like, I have to be at a show. I have to be on stage in ten minutes. Ah, yeah. so, so yes. yeah, the emergency stitching backstage was also from Morris. I learned that skill there. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you? Somebody comes off stage, mm-hmm. you're like, gotta sew me back in my costume. I, I and it's like so ah. multiple costumes when you start dancing yeah. and you rip a oh, seam, yeah. you, you need to be sewed back into it. I know. Yeah. Idea There's backstage people are amazing. Mm-hmm. And I do, I mean, I do that with students still all the time. Like, something will happen yeah. and, like, I, I'm backstage sewing them up, you know, in the middle of a show or, you know, they're like, oh my god, my pants! a patreon subscriber pop on over to patreon and look for fondazi fire if you have any questions or show ideas for us in the future anything you want to know then email us at fondazi at gmail.com make sure you subscribe to fondazi fire presents what do you want on your favorite podcast platform 